1: Welcome back into the Force to Punt podcast. Thank you guys if you are listening to us on your radio.com app or if you're hanging out with us on Twitter. I'm your host, Steven Serta. As always, I'm joined by my guy, Dusty Likens. Dusty, I hope you found uh, fame and fortune in week one of the NFL season.
0: Yeah, a lot of fame. A lot of I told you so's. Uh, feel really great. Uh, won my matchup 145-86. to 86 coming off back-to-back championship wins. That feels great to get underneath my belt. Um, well, I mean, we could spend 45 minutes if you wanted on uh, Paris Campbell or Darius Slayton. <laughs> if you, I mean, if you wanted to, we spent four months on it during quarantine. Um, so I guess before we get into the humble brag, Steve, uh, it felt good uh, in this first week of football to actually see football back, to see it actually played in the way that we like to see it. Um, with everything that's gone on uh, for so long, uh, it seemed like it was like a ray of light on a Sunday again to kind of sit back and get on your phone. And even though you know what 10 yards rushing does to your fantasy points, you still open up that app and you look inside to see what your team's doing. So it felt good to get the confetti on Tuesday morning for the victory. How are you, you doing good? You, you feeling great about the squad?
1: Um, I feel strong about a lot of my players. I I didn't have a, a thrilling week one it was okay (laughs) like I I I struggled in some leagues but I feel like I just had some bad matchups but I still yes Paris Campbell all my Paris Campbell shares look like they're they're panning out before our eyes he led the team in targets he looked really good he didn't have a monster game but he was good enough to make me feel confident in Paris Campbell moving forward and the fact that I was able to land him in a lot of drafts super late and I think that he's going to return that value. So I absolutely love Paris Campbell. I would have liked to have seen more out of DJ Moore. Um, I just don't, I expected him to have a bigger game against the Raiders. And so I was a little bit disappointed in that performance, but he still led the team in targets. I think big things are on the horizon for DJ Moore. And I did pull the trigger and go ahead and start JK Dobbins in a league. And so I'm thrilled with that performance. Let me get that oh, yeah. every single week. And I think a lot of Mark Ingram owners are upset after Week One, and you should. <laughs> he was not. He is not productive. Yeah. J.K. Dobbins got the two goal line touchdowns, but I think both those guys are going to have plenty of upside moving forward in this Ravens offense. Uh, I actually, in one league, because I w- was desperate at tight end, like my only tight ends were Chris Herndon and Irv Smith because I waited super late in that draft, and I although I do like that Chris Herndon was second on the team in targets, I don't trust that Chris Herndon is going <laughs> to be my weekly starter uh, every single week, so I traded David Montgomery for Darren Waller after week one, and I'm pretty thrilled with that return because I highly upgraded my tight end. I've got a top five tight end now that I feel like I can start each and every week. David Montgomery was my running back two on that roster. And so I have J.K. Dobbins, and I'm just going to roll with Dobbins. I'm just going to roll the dice and bank on him being like Alvin Kamara was, like Alvin Kamara's rookie season when he had Ingram in front of him, and they were both so fantastic that they had weekly fantasy value. I think there's room for both of those running backs to have weekly fantasy upside in this offense because they're going to run a ton. You know, Lamar's going to run a lot, but Lamar looked surgical in the passing game in week one. So I feel like he's going to run a lot, but we expected him to maybe, you know, develop more as a passer. And it looks like he has, it looks like he he's taken that step. So I think there's going to be room for two running backs in this offense to produce at a high level. And so I'm perfectly fine with Dobbins at the moment and barring me, me making another trade, just being my running back, too, and and rolling the dice because I significantly upgraded another position on my roster.
0: Yeah, I think that's a fair comparison between uh, Kamara and and Dobbins with, like, how they were with Ingram because, look, the Ravens played a really, really bad Cleveland team in Week 1. Like, I don't know if Cleveland's going to be like this all year, if we should just, like, give up hope that Baker Mayfield has any chance of really turning that franchise around. But the thing is that was clearly evident is that the two best teams in the AFC after one week, It's the Chiefs and the Ravens. Those teams are going to put up so many points week in and week out. They both put up over 30 in the week one after not playing football competitively for well over six months. Um, Not playing any other team. And you saw exactly what they did with basically probably not even like their main playbook. Um, So I'm okay playing J.K. Dobbins every week if you have him on your roster. I drafted him because of that. I like that one-two punch with he and Ingram. And, again, Ingram is going to figure out his role in that offense is different than it was last year because, like we talked last week's episode, Ingram got beat up towards the end of the year and couldn't play that role, and he is that rock, that leader, whereas J.K. Dobbins is the young rookie, and they're going to give him the plays where they're going to be like, okay, go stretch this out, try to get at least 10-15. And there's always going to be a possibility that both those guys can score every single week, so there are must plays in every single lineup. And that's where I stand with J.K., and if we want to segue into – the situation that's in Indianapolis that isn't in that Baltimore's is an injury related Indianapolis is and I think that if you did the same thing that you did with Dobbins with Jonathan Taylor you could have a pretty successful fantasy season as well
1: yeah and and, you know Taylor all of a sudden with the Marlon Mack injury he suffered an Achilles injury he's done for the season Uh, it's unfortunate because he looked good and I started him in several uh, daily lineups last week because I thought he was going to produce at a high level in that game, and then he went out early with an injury. You hate to see it because he was in a contract year. I think he's a talented player. He wasn't going to be the future of the Colts backfield, but he was going to have an opportunity to, to show up this season and try to go get paid by somebody. Uh, so I'm, I'm bummed that that happened to Marlon Mack. I like him a lot. I think he's a good dude. Um, but Jonathan Taylor's going to be the back, and Neheim Hines is going to be a, a popular waiver ad this week, and he should be. He's going to have a role in this offense. It's going to run a lot behind that offensive line. Uh, Phil didn't exactly look great. He wasn't awful, but I still like Paris Campbell moving forward. I like this offense in general, and yeah, if you wound up being one of the people who, as Jonathan Taylor's draft stock was rising, just decided to pull the trigger on him in – I saw him go as early as the third round in some drafts that I did. If you decide to do that, it's going to pay off. He's he's going to be a really, really good player, and so I, I'm excited to see what happens with Jonathan Taylor. But if your waivers don't go through until tomorrow morning, you absolutely need to add Neheim Hines. Uh, we, I guess we can talk about some waivers really quick. I'm curious, who are your top ads this week?
0: I mean, I think the biggest one on the board is Mike Brown out of uh, LA. I think everybody kind of found out he was the... Uh, Malcolm? Number one. Malcolm Brown. Yeah, Malcolm Brown. I think he's the one everyone kind of like looks at and like says, you know, I think this is the guy that's going to be there. Yeah. Um, that's probably the only one, like, I'm not heavy on the waiver wire. I know week one is a big week to kind of figure things out on that waiver wire and get, like, a good addition to a guy. But, like, that's really the only one that I would really go after if I had to consider myself to go after somebody because I still think, like, you should wait at least two weeks to kind of really feel, like, what your team's going to be. Like, if you have Nick Chubb, Malcolm Brown should be on your radar 100% because it's only a matter of time that team starts to really get into kareem hunt and i truly believe that because that team oh,
1: i I'm, disagree you're just a, you're just a
0: chubb lover <laughs> love you love chubs that's why you're a big, you, you like chubs that's your thing oh but the thing is is that you're telling me you'd rather assistant. have malcolm
1: brown than nick chubb right now
0: right now because cleveland's a mess and they're gonna be playing from behind a lot and they're gonna give kareem hunt a <sighs> work.
1: come on that's fine come on okay
0: how'd malcolm brown do on sunday
1: he was great he was how'd great did nick chubb do on sunday uh, he was not good, and Kareem Hunt out-touched oh, cool. him. Yeah, I but him. but there but there's a lot there's a lot of things playing <laughs> into that situation. Like one, that are gonna be consistent one the I, I'm still him. I'm still rooting for my Browns to <laughs> to figure this stop, thing man. out. Um, stop. I was hoping Kevin Stefanski was going to make a difference, but nope. Baker Baker Mayfield just looks like he's completely plateaued in his development. It's over. Like, it's over. like he it's just does not he does not look like a franchise quarterback. It looks like this season I believed that it was Freddie, and I I think that having Freddie for that year did devastating damage to Baker Mayfield as a player. And now this season it appears that they just aren't going to be good because of Baker because there's way too much talent on that team. I understand that it's right now the, the two best teams in the NFL are in the AFC. It's the Chiefs and the Ravens, and it's everybody else. And they're clearly the two best teams in the NFL and they and the Ravens looked like the Chiefs did against the Texans on, on Thursday night where it just looked like it was easy for them. It, it, it didn't look like they were having any issues. It didn't look like, like the Chiefs and Texans game wound up being closer than it actually was. They, they, they just didn't look like they were in the same league as everybody else. And I think you can say the same thing about the Ravens. It's a brutal week one matchup to draw the Ravens and Lamar's out here just carving them up, making it look easy from the pocket. And then Dobbins looked great, the defense looked fantastic, and they were just absolutely awful. They, they, they were just terrible. So I, I think that that played more into it when with, we knew Kareem Hunt was going to be the passing guy. And week one was a worst case scenario for Nick Chubb owners, where they got down big early, they immediately had to start passing, and so Kareem Hunt was just playing a lot more snaps than Nick Chubb. And I, I don't I don't know the snap percentages off the top of my head. I don't know how many more snaps uh, Kareem Hunt played than Nick Chubb. I just know that he outtouched Nick Chubb. But that, that's not going to be the case every week because Nick Chubb was still really productive with the minimal amount of carries that he has. So I'm not okay. jumping ship on Nick Chubb. It's just in PPR leagues. Kareem Hunt's probably the more valuable asset at this point, point. and that's that's a bummer because they're both really talented players. And if you drafted right. Nick Chubb in the late first round, like a lot of people did, it's it's not it's not a good sign for Nick Chubb owners. But I don't want Malcolm Brown over it's Nick tricky. Chubb. Mal- Malcolm Brown looked good, but he's still a veteran player who could lose his job to Cam Akers if he has a disastrous week at any time where he like fumbles twice and looks terrible, and then Cam Akers breaks off a couple of runs. Cam Akers did not look good in week one. Malcolm Brown looked like the far superior back, but I don't think that's going to be the case for the entire season. I'd still rather have Cam Akers, but if Malcolm Brown's available on your waiver wire, you absolutely need to get him on your team right now.
0: Is anybody worth picking up in that Indianapolis backfield since they kind of went into week one with three running backs and Taylor was still getting in there when Marlon Mack was in there? But I guess now it's just going to be lines I mean, into
1: Yeah, yeah, there's uh I mean Jordan Wilkins, I think, is still on the roster. They promoted another guy from the practice squad. I don't I don't think you need to dive too deep into that backfield. Like Jonathan Taylor, the promising thing with him was that we saw him get a ton of work in the passing game, which was just something he didn't do in college. So right. so that's that's also great. Like he is he's a legitimate top twelve running back now. Like like he he is a guy that could have gone if you did a fantasy draft after week one, Jonathan Taylor's a first round pick now.
0: Yeah. Um, I guess I, I don't know if this is a waiver wire pickup, but I think we're not like in must starts, but like we were both big on Deontay Johnson and I feel like that Pittsburgh offense, like the way Deontay Johnson played and like, maybe there are some leagues where like, maybe you're only in a 10-team league and Deontay Johnson is floating out there because you don't really believe in what certain I have to tell you, start believing because I watched that game. Now, granted, they played a bad Giants defense, and that Giants team just looked absolutely terrible, uh, other than Darius Slayton and Daniel Jones, kind of. Um, but I think Deontay Johnson might get into that must-start category if you're, like, in a 12-team league because it looks like Big Ben's going to use he and Juju, and it looks like Big Ben's fully healed.
1: Yeah, um, the Steelers didn't look impressive in the first half, really, but they they got it together. And Deontay Johnson had some drops and stuff, but he yeah. still led the team in targets. Like Juju got the touchdowns. James Washington got a touchdown. Uh, their their rookie wide receiver ha- had a nice play, but I, I still think Deontay Johnson. I think Juju's probably the number one that you, that you want to own, but I'm still not unconvinced. That this can't wind up being like a a juju Antonio Brown mixture. I think Deontay Johnson's just really really talented. So I'm still super psyched about him. I still have shares of him everywhere. So I wasn't discouraged at all by his performance, even though he had a couple of drops. I think it was just Sunday Night Football, Week One. You've been working really hard all year to try to become one of this team's best offensive weapons, and and, and the stage got the better of you a little bit. Like we've seen Patrick Mahomes. Do some things like that in uh, in big games, vertical. like where he comes out and he's overthrowing people and stuff like that. So it happens. It, it, it's not the end of the world. I think Deontay Johnson's going to be just fine. Um, but uh, what about what about your boy James Conner? He's supposed to be the lead back. He's supposed to be the workhorse. Mike Tomlin said as much, and then came out week one, immediately got injured. Uh, they're saying that it might not be a high ankle sprain. It might not be quite that serious. So. If it's not a high ankle sprain, he might be able to go this week, but Benny Snell's going to be a top week one waiver wire ad, and he absolutely should be. Uh, The reviews out of camp were you should absolutely draft Benny Snell in your fantasy league because they were raving about how he lost a bunch of weight. He looked like Le'Veon Bell when Le'Veon Bell came back year two and he had lost a bunch of weight and became their workhorse running back, and everybody was raving about how Benny Snell could, if if James Conner gets injured, Benny Snell's going to be the every down back for the Steelers. And he absolutely looked like he could beat that when, when he came in. Like Benny Sell, I would add Benny Sell over Malcolm Brown, I think.
0: Because of offensive production, I think that's a good, I think that's a oh. good thing to go by. Because I think that offense in Pittsburgh is just going to have more chances for Snell to score. Because you remember when, who was it? Uh, who was the running back behind Le'Veon Bell when he got suspended for four games? Deontay Washington?
1: uh D'Angelo Williams
0: D'Angelo Williams yeah D'Angelo Williams and I remember he was like a top five running back for four weeks while Le'Veon Bell was out and I'm not saying that Snell can do that because I worry about I really do worry about James Conner like I kind of wanted to sneak James Conner like if he was around like uh maybe like late second round early third round but like he got he got drafted way before that um but I worry that James Conner is just gonna start missing like so much like random time where he misses two weeks, then plays three weeks, then misses a week, then plays two weeks, then misses three weeks. And that concerns me because, one, that's just not how you can keep things going in this type of offense in the NFL. And, two, I think that if Benny Snell is exactly as advertised and they start liking him and that offense start to rules uh, a little bit better under him as the running back, Big Ben's going to have a lot of say in that. And if Big Ben wants Snell to play over Connor, which I feel bad about because Connor's just gone through so much in his career, Big Ben's going to keep that offense rolling, man, and oh. they changed something the second half on Monday night, and whenever they changed that, it was like – it looked like old Pittsburgh.
1: I don't, I don't think Big Ben's going to come out and say, get James Washington out of here. I'm done with him because he can't say healthy. James Conner? Yeah, James Conner. Yeah, I'm done with Why? him. Why? He told
0: people that- – he said last year, he goes, these guys can't. Two years ago, he's like, these guys can't catch. I throw them the ball and they don't catch it. Not yeah, ball. but they the at, the time, at the time, they
1: rough. weren't catching. That's, that's what he does. I mean, saying healthy is another thing. It's not like James Conner's work ethic has ever been called into question. He's just yeah, had I'm some bad luck that. with injuries.
0: Okay, but I'm just saying that Big Ben is a red ass. And if he wants something, Big Ben's going to get it. And I feel like he's the kind of guy that's like, eh, this guy's not I playing. Don't.
1: I, don't like I think him. if James Conner's healthy, I think he's still the workhorse running back. It's just that since his since that first year as a starter, he has not been able to stay on the field. And you know, there, was a, there was a lot of high hopes for him coming into this season, and I avoided him in every league. And now I'm glad that I did avoid him in every league because uh, cause Bainesville looks like a really, really good player. Um Another running back who should be on everybody's radar, be one of your top ads in every single league, is Chargers running back Joshua Kelly, who cemented himself is the clear backup to Austin Eckler. Eckler led the team in touches, but Kelly still had or Kelly still had twelve carries for sixty yards and a touchdown. He looks like he's going to be the goal line back moving forward. They've been raving about his potential. If anything happens to Austin Eckler, it looks like Joshua Kelly's their clear-cut starter. And with Tyrod Taylor as their quarterback, they're going to run the football a ton.
0: Yeah, I, I guess I have to say you're right because I was really high on Austin Eckler uh, this past season, this past post or preseason. I thought Austin Eckler could really like be one of those guys that could be a week in, week out, like. 15 points, 16 points on average a week, and it didn't really look – I mean, like you said, he led the team in touches. That's just a really bad Chargers team, and I like Kelly. I think that's the kind of guy that maybe falls third on the list when it comes to hungry, hungry hippos when it comes to, like, the waiver wire because everybody's going to go after Malcolm Brown, then everybody's going to go after Benny Snell, and then everybody's going to go after the after the Kelly kid out of, out of uh, L.A., that's who I'm going to actually target is I'm going to try to get one. Cause like my running backs are, are fine, but my, my bench is more deep in receivers. So I don't really need help going out and get a receiver at this point, but I do like him and I like how that can end up being because I think he can be the guy at the end of the day that could, you know, get two touchdowns a week, especially when they're on the goal line score quick against other bad teams.
1: Yeah. I, I really, really like Joshua Kelly. I've got a bunch of shares of him across all of my leagues uh, I was thrilled to see that week one performance like he, he's not a guy that I'm just going to plug into my lineup on a weekly basis or anything like that just yet but to see that workload and see how productive he was that early on is really really promising um, he is a guy you know like in that league where I just traded straight up traded David Montgomery for Darren Waller and I'm now rolling with J.K. Dobbins as my number two running back um, yeah. you know You're hoping that Joshua Kelly kind of cements himself at some point as, like, Melvin Gordon was last year. Like, when Melvin Gordon finally came back to the team last year after ending his holdout, but Austin Eckler was, like, the number 3 fantasy running back at that point, and he had to continue to have his role in the offense, they were giving them both enough work to make both of them weekly players in your lineups. And I'm hoping that winds up being the case with Joshua Kelly. Like, because that would be... You're thrilled for that because he was in – in that particular league, I believe he was my – it's an 18-round draft. I believe I got Joshua Kelly in the 17th round of that draft. And if he winds up being a guy that I can throw into my flex on a weekly basis, I would be absolutely thrilled about that.
0: Um, So – As a little bit of breaking news, Schefter just tweeted that Kittle did practice today and hopes to play Sunday. I don't want to say what I want to think is on the top of my mind. He actually said Kittle
1: won't practice this week due to his knee injury.
0: But is hopeful for playing Sunday. Yes. I'm worried about George. And I'm worried about that San Francisco 49ers team because I think that it's going to be one of those worst of first years for them again because I worry that George Kittle, without any other targets on the field, it's just going to get double covered, and now he's not healthy. Now we got this all year. Um, that sucks because I'm sure George Kittle was a high pick for a lot of people. I'm sure a lot of people like, you know, had him on their, you know, first pick of the second round. If they had that high of a pick, you worry now about uh, San Fran and their targets.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, th- thankfully they're playing the Jets this week, so, right. so, so they shouldn't, they shouldn't absolutely need Kittle this week, like the 49ers are still a talented enough team, they should be able to to beat the Jets without George Kittle. But yes, it's super concerning because he's a guy that he's kind of struggled with injuries. Like, when he's on the field, he's an absolute dominant player. He's, you know, he's the second best tight end in the NFL. He's unbelievable to watch. He's He's just ridiculous. Like, he's the closest thing to a prime Gronk that we have in the NFL right now. And, you know, Travis Kelsey's a different type of player, but Travis Kelsey's special in his own way, but he's, these injuries are starting to pile up on him. And, you know, Gronk dealt with a lot of injuries throughout his career too, because he's just such a massive person. Like people just aren't supposed to be that big and that athletic and like take that type of beating And and it took its toll on him. And so I'm starting to get kind of worried about that with George Kittle. And, I'm glad that I avoided 49ers players because it's, it, it's just a mess there right now. Like most, looked good. Jared McKinnon's going to be a popular waiver wire ad this week, and he should be. Scored a touchdown. He looked really good in the opportunities that he got in that offense. I'm just losing faith in the 49ers. Like this, just feels like a, a, a season where you're trying to be competitive, but the injuries are just catching up and catching up and catching up. And I, I don't know how you're going to move past all that i don't know how you're going to be able to continue to win football games and be a contender especially in a division where you just lost to the ascending arizona cardinals and the seahawks are finally letting russ cook like how are you going to come out of that division
0: yeah i mean it's just i mean it just seems like one of those years where you tank draft something that you need i mean maybe not yet it's week one it's such a small sample uh to but like the injuries that have piled up with that team, it just seems like it's almost inevitable that it's going to be one of those years where it's like, yeah, we're four and you know, twelve, we, you know, whatever, we we're in the Super Bowl last year. You always hear those stories. Those those stories always happen. But one thing I ask you is who is like who's a receiver out there that probably should be picked up this week? That it seems like a running back heavy waiver wire week. It seems like a lot of people always will will lean towards picking up a running back before anything. Who's a sneaky play receiver that probably should cuz I know you hate Robbie Anderson. I don't know what Robbie Anderson did to you in your I life. I hate
1: Robbie Anderson. You don't like
0: him though. I feel like if you oh, I mean person, I think that-
1: If Robbie Anderson's available in your league, I think you should absolutely pick him up. I would rather have Anthony Miller. Um, yeah. cuz I I just feel like Anthony Miller's got a got a safer floor than Robbie Anderson does. Like Robbie Anderson I think that Robbie Anderson can absolutely be productive with Teddy because he's that Teddy's by far the best quarterback he's ever had in his career and he is a a deep threat machine like he is he is a deep threat almost in the same realm as like Tyreek he's not as good as Tyreek Hill but that's just like it's like when he produces all he does is produce 70-yard touchdowns and so he's going to have those weeks and he's going to have those opportunities to to do that especially in that offense where he's actually got other talented guys around him he's not just the the most talented guy on an awful team. I just would rather have Anthony Miller because I think Anthony Miller also has like star potential, and he gets volume from Mitch. Like he he gets a lot of opportunities, and so Anthony Miller w- for me would be a safer weekly play. Because Robbie Anderson, I think he's just a he's like a matchup dependent boomer bust wide receiver. Uh, I also Will re- Fuller. Yeah, well, I I think Will Fuller's a little bit better than that. Like especially with See, the volume that like we. Robbie. especially with the volume that we just saw uh, on Thursday night against the Chiefs. Um, Another guy that I'm targeting in several leagues, and it's more of just an add and stash because I don't think he's going to be a guy who's going to get taken at the top of your waiver wires, is uh, Jags rookie wide receiver LaVisca Chennault. I really, really like LaVisca Chennault. I really liked him coming out of college. He's just huge. Like He's just huge. And he's insanely athletic. He only had three catches on four targets for thirty-seven yards, but he caught a touchdown. They gave him a couple of rushes. Like they're finding ways to try to work him into the offense. And I'm not convinced that Keelan Cole is like the legitimate number two wide receiver in this offense. The Jags are gonna throw. DJ Chark is going to be awesome. And I really, really like the potential of LaVisca Chenault is just like a a rookie bench sash who could potentially pop, and he was going drafted he was getting like drafted almost nowhere because he plays for the for the jaguars
0: yeah that was impressive to see that the Gardner Minshew and uh, d j shark connection is still uh alive and well. It's good to see that those two are still on the same page. I think the only reason you like that guy is because you like to say his name. I think you said it like four times in that little uh, little <laughs> random segment he just. He's like your Valdez Scantling this year. You just like the to say his name
1: MVS cut caught a long touchdown, man. I, I, I did uh started. I saw I saw somewhere on Twitter um because I guess I didn't I didn't really comprehend this in the game, but that touchdown that MVS caught was on like a was on like a fifth string cornerback. You wanna like let the
0: people know who you're talking an about? Undrafted player. Your
1: Marquez Valdez Scantling, Green Bay Packers Dang. wide receiver, who <laughs> had uh four catches for ninety six yards and a touchdown. This past week. Uh, Aaron Rodgers. How about A-Rod?
0: Stop. You don't believe it. You don't believe it. It's not it's he's gonna do that. Maybe he is pissed. You know what? And hope and if he is, then he's gonna throw for 45 touchdowns this year and he's gonna win the MVP that they drafted a quarterback. And if Aaron Rodgers plays like he's pissed off and he plays like that more consistently, then I owe a lot of people an apology because I was like. Don't draft Aaron Rodgers. I don't care if he's there. And the I was telling people to draft Cam over Aaron Rodgers, and people thought I was stupid. Glad that paid out. But um, I uh-huh. think that like I think that Aaron Rodgers might be playing a little pissed off with like the draft of a backup in that team. But I also think that that Minnesota Vikings team was exposed because I had their defense in a league that is kind of like a secondary league to one of my main ones. But they got negative nine points, like a negative nine in fantasy. So, I mean, I don't know how if it was just a bad day for Minnesota and a really good day for Aaron Rodgers, or maybe a. a Ron is playing pissed out of his mind because they drafted a quarterback and he's ready to go somewhere else and show the world what he's got.
1: Uh, I mean, I never thought that Aaron Rodgers was – I thought the Aaron Rodgers' washed-up stuff was a, a little overblown. He was ridiculous. And he, oh, and I'm he was... sorry
0: because I said Devontae Adams would be a bust this year, and my goodness – Sorry,
1: I'm looking at my uh, my guillotine lineup because we just had waivers clear uh, at two o'clock in the, in this league. You know, a, a guillotine league. I don't know if you're familiar, is where you're the lowest scoring team at the end of each week gets cut from the league and their entire roster goes into waivers. But it's an auction style waiver, and you get a thousand dollars to spend for the entire season. I didn't get a single week one player, the likes of Austin Eckler, Mike Evans, DJ Chark uh miles gaskin i got guys like that like significant contributors to your team but i'm trying to wait wait it out because the generally in these types of leagues the people with the higher budgets later in the season are the ones that tend to win the guy one, the guy who outbid everybody spent half of his season-long budget to get mike evans and austin eckler good
0: that guy's not
1: gonna win that league. <laughs> I mean <laughs> I mean that makes his lineup that makes his lineup pretty stacked, but once you start getting later in the league where everybody has stacked lineups, you need that money to spend. So I'm still confident Ooh. that there's teams that are bad enough I could last a couple of more weeks and get I'll I'll spend four hundred bucks on Christian McCaffrey. I'm not spending two to three hundred on Austin Eckler though.
0: Yeah, and Mike Evans isn't a hundred percent. So that's that makes <laughs> yes.
1: sense. He, he, could, he could easily re-aggravate that injury. And um, for Chris Godwin owners, uh, Bruce Arians announced today that Chris Godwin's in the concussion protocol. Uh, he took a helmet-to-helmet hit against the Saints. So that's another serious, serious injury you're going to have to keep an eye on this week. Uh, Scotty Miller everywhere, I guess. If he's available in your league, go, go, get, go get Scotty right now because... Uh, he he got some love from Brady. Brady likes Scotty Miller. Uh-huh. He's got he could have a big opportunity if Chris Godwin's not ready to go. If Mike Evans still isn't near a hundred percent, and Mike Evans, I told a lot of pe- I told a lot of people to sit him in Week One, and I know he still caught a touchdown, but that was his only catch of the game. It was like a, a he had like one catch for two yards and a touchdown. So I don't regret sitting him whatsoever.
0: Yeah. Um, A buddy of mine said Sammy Watkins or Mike Evans week one before, obviously, Thursday night. Sammy Watkins. You have to because Sammy Watkins was healthy. I also think keep an eye on Sammy too Uh, just because, like, if the teams are going to start playing the Chiefs like that where they play them where they're just going to run Tyreek Hill off the field and make sure that he can't go anywhere else, then they're going to force teams to get beat by Sammy Watkins and Demarcus Robinson. I'm not saying that Demarcus Robinson should be a play. I'm just saying, Sammy Watkins should be somebody that you flag and keep an eye on because I feel like there is a lot of pressure off him now, and I feel like the new strategy is going to be a lot of okay, they're going to take away those guys. I know Pat Mahomes saying this. I know that I can hit Sammy in these two types, these types of guys. He had a really productive first game. Again, he had a really good productive week last uh, week one last year. Um, so let's pump the brakes a little bit. That's why I'm saying to keep a keep a flag on him. Mike Evans definitely keep a flag on that because injuries have always been a problem with Mike Evans. Godwin, that thing scares the hell out of me because I have Godwin in a lot of leagues uh, that I play in because I just really thought he and Brady in that first play that he and Brady connected on, it looked like that was like going to be the way it was. It was like 29 yards, easy money, sideline catch, and I was immediately to the Twitter sphere of saying, hey, this is a connection that's going to be here all year. You know, Look for Godwin to have one of those big years again. Uh, then Brady kind of got figured out by Sean Payton, but you know, I don't know. I think that when it comes to like those big name receivers, the guys that get hurt a lot, you have to depend on those guys that you have to take chances on. And sometimes those guys are worth it. Like Sammy Watkins or Scotty Miller.
1: I just put in a bid for Scotty Miller in my guillotine lane while you, while you were he's talking. Like the,
0: he's the Tampa Bay version of Hunter Renfro.
1: Well, Cause everybody's out here wheeling and dealing this cash. Like they don't have to save it for later in the season. I might be able to get Scotty Miller for 10 bucks some dude just spent 500 between Austin Eckler and Mike yeah. Evans. I'm trying yeah. I'm trying to I'm trying to penny pinch here early in the but year. Nobody
0: nobody cares if you're penny pitching for Scotty Miller. Nobody cares <laughs> you're going to Aldi for a fantasy football player.
1: I'll take Scotty Miller, Miller right now. I'll take Scotty Miller no. for 10 bucks right now.
0: You could probably get him for 5.
1: Pro- I thought yeah, about pu- I thought it. about putting a $5 bid in, a, in on him. Actually hey, so I think like,
0: why is he doing that? I
1: think I, I think I bid I think I bid seventy five dollars on DJ Chark. He was the he was the one guy that I really wanted. I was passing That's on Evans guy. and Eckler, but uh seventy-five who apparently you, wasn't enough for me to get him.
0: Who are you more impressed with week one? Cal Ridley, Hollywood Brown, or Juju?
1: Uh Ridley because he can Ridley looks yeah. like he's gonna be Godwin last year. Like he looks like yeah. he's he's a top ten wide receiver. Uh I don't I don't have faith that Russell Gage is gonna get twelve targets every week, but <laughs> uh but Julio looked incredible still. Calvin Ridley looked incredible. Russell Gage was great. All three of them had twelve targets. All three of them had nine receptions for over a hundred yards. Julio didn't score a touchdown, but I guess we're used to that Jogger. at this point. Yeah. Uh and but Ridley, that that that's like a legitimate thing with Julio, so Ridley could be the know 12 to 14 touchdown 1400 yard wide receiver from that team right yeah like, i think Julio's going to get some touchdowns at some point but yeah i think i think julio's career high in touchdowns is like eight and that was yeah. several years ago or maybe he had eight last season too
0: you believe in uh you started believing dk Moore as the number one option over uh over locket in seattle
1: i always believed in dk
0: not in him, but as him being the number one target.
1: Out there. <laughs> yeah, but I never thought. That... I believe that man when no, I saw him
0: shirtless.
1: So, no DK's great, and and I love DK, and I I really really hope Seattle continues to throw like that for the rest of the season. But I think I think I think of it like this: Tyler Lockett is just Doug Baldwin. Like Tyler Lockett is the exact same role that Doug Baldwin had when Doug Baldwin was the Seahawks' number one wide receiver. Uh, he's gonna get. He's just. Russ is going to target him in the end zone. Like he's just going to get those opportunities at the goal line. And Tyler Lockett has been able to produce like that over the last couple of years. And so but DK gives Russ something that he's never really had in his time in Seattle because they've always had these like smaller wide receivers. Like DK is a physical freak. He's not only that he's fast as hell and he can just stretch the field. That touchdown that he had was just straight line speed he didn't even really run a route he just ran right past the cornerback like it was it was ridiculous and he's gonna I, I bet he's gonna get three of those looks a week where it's just all right all right dude you're just bigger and stronger and faster just push him out of the way and run and and, I, and I'm gonna lay one up there for you like i I need to see more of that from the Seattle Seahawks. I really, really hope we get it because that's the Seahawks football that I want to watch. I want to see Russell Wilson cook because that's what we need. Oh, great. Uh, Juju oh, yeah. Smith-Schuster and Deontay Johnson did not practice today. For awesome. uh, Deontay Johnson with a toe injury, Juju with a knee. So hopefully yeah. uh, we'll, we'll, we'll monitor that and hopefully we'll get some better news later on in the week. Um but before we get out of here, I do want to kind of run through a couple of your uh, favorite week 2 matchups. I'm still trying to decide what my survivor pick is for this week. I might go with the Browns yeah. against the you Bengals won. on Thursday because I was oh, going oh, to pick the, I was going to pick the safe play in the Niners and the Jets, but now they might ha- not not have Kittle. They should still stomp the Jets. The Jets are the worst team in football. But I kinda wanna pick the Browns because I feel like there's there's no other week throughout this season that I'm gonna feel confident in just selecting the Browns other than being at home, Thursday night football, short week. The Bengals didn't look great, but Joe Burrow Joe Burrow did some fine things in that game, but like they didn't look they didn't look like they were, you know, turning a corner or anything like that. They're still a bad football team. And so I kinda like the Browns this week.
0: Because you're biased. Um don't take the Browns, um, please. Also, this just has a recipe for a terrible, like, event for Baker because Joe Burrow's going to come into town, also a Heisman Trophy winner, actually won a national championship in college, and they're going to be like, oh, look how much more advanced he is at play calling than Baker. And it's just – I feel like it's not a good game for Cleveland. Um I do like Joe Burrow as a quarterback. Do you also? Side note: Do you believe in Josh Allen? Like, are we going to get Josh? Is this is this for real? I, like I know I believe in Jets. him
1: for fantasy purposes, not as a franchise like quarterback.
0: But you think he could be a? You think he starts every week on your fantasy roster at quarterback?
1: Yeah, one hundred percent. He's he's top t- he's a top ten quarterback. It's just the rushing upside. Like that's why. Yeah. I, I avoided Devin Singletary and Zach Moss in a lot of drafts. Um I know yeah. there's value because that team's gonna run the football a lot. But Josh Allen is 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 Cam, like from Carolina. Like he's just essentially their goal line back. And so I know he threw some touchdowns last week, but those goals those goal to go situations, like it seems like Zach Moss is gonna be the clear the clear inside the five guy. And then but there's gonna be a lot of instances where they just play action and roll Josh Allen out and have Josh Allen fall into the end zone for a touchdown. So, yeah, he's in fantasy. He's an every week starter for me. Absolutely. You
0: have any bold predictions
1: this week? Um, I don't know if it's bold. I like this. I, the Falcons and the Cowboys is a game that you need to have tons of shares of. I know the Cowboys didn't look great. I was a little disappointed because I've been harping on the the Dak Prescott can push for MVP all all season long and he was okay week 1 but overall they, they didn't look great against the Rams. I think we underestimated a little bit how good the Rams defense is because I think last season they were they they brought in Ramsey and they were all they already had injuries and they were just kind of struggling to figure things out. I, against Dallas it looks like they've figured things out and they've got enough talent on that side of the ball that they should be a lot better than they were last season. So I think we were just underestimating that defense a little bit. But this this Atlanta game, this game is primed and ready for fantasy points, for legitimate 45 to 40 type type of numbers. Like Matt Ryan's going to throw a ton, so get all your Falcons wide receivers. I wouldn't even be mad if he started Russell Gage again this week and get you know Michael Gallup, get Amari Cooper, get C.D. Lamb. C.D. Lamb looked impressive, though. In, in week one he had he, i think he had a drop but he he still looked like a, a really really talented player
0: he was the most impressive of the rookie receivers because judy had a couple big drops he dropped a big one from drew uh late in the game on like second and eight it would have been a first down which would have kept them going and then rugs i feel i'm worried about rugs getting hurt quite a bit i've talked to some people that like followed him in college and kind of watched him play and they feel like that could be an issue again it's one week so let's not jump to conclusion um you want anything to do with uh, Mohamed Sanu going to the 49ers? No. Nothing, yeah. No, did he sign I just, with the
1: 49ers? I hadn't, pre- I I hadn't even sure seen I saw, that.
0: I'm pretty sure I saw somewhere where Sanu uh, was picked up by the Niners. It's a former Patriots receiver picked up by the 49ers. I just figured in that situation where there's literally no one else to throw the ball to, that's got to be 10 targets. I just don't know how desperate you yeah, are for like a play at receivers
1: they're just they're, they're a team that can just get by like having Jimmy G throw the ball 18 times though That's so true. it's alex yeah so so it's just not there's just not volume there unless you're kittle so i would rather right. just avoid it all together and mohammed Sanu did not look good last season like he, he just yeah, tom brady yeah he just didn't look like a good football player last season are there any other uh sneaky week two games that you're interested in buying into this week?
0: No, my biggest one you nailed, so I don't really need to go into more content, but my biggest one is Dallas and Atlanta just because of, I mean, I want to see how Dallas uses a different tight end now that uh, Jarwin's out. Um, we'll see how they like, you know, move that in. That's kind of an interesting thing I'm looking at, but I'm really interested to see like if uh, if Hayden Hurst can wake up a little bit more in that Atlanta offense as much as I was big on him in the off season. I mean, I know he did an okay game, some big catches or whatever. But uh, that's the big offensive one. And then, of course, I just watch any Tampa Bay-Carolina uh, Chiefs game. Those are the three teams I just love watching just because I think this week, big bold prediction, I know it's not a sneaky play, Kill is going to have like 40 points in
1: fantasy. Yeah, I think the Chiefs are going to win. I think the Chiefs are going <laughs> yeah. to win in a blowout. Tyree Kill has traditionally had uh, quite a bit of success against the Chargers, even going against Casey Hayward, who I think was the AFC defensive player of the week. Had a really Done nice that. week one. Casey Hayward's still really good. He's had problems with Tyreek in the past. I think he's going to have a monster game this week. I think the Chiefs are going to, they're going to open this thing up a little bit before they, uh, before they really expand the playbook for Monday night against the Baltimore Ravens. But uh, thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, we appreciate it as always. You can find us at 610sports.com and on the radio.com app, the Force to Punt app, and make sure you're joining me. This Sunday and every Sunday on 610 Sports Radio at 9 a.m. for Fantasy Football Sunday. As always, we appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon. We really need
0: new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a
1: month. New iPhone 15s? You
0: here? Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for 25 bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch.